Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Folks, you have no idea how lucky we are at a lot of time to have the one and only Lance from Fortune Housing, 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 because each week we are going to talk about something that should be top of mind for all of us, and he is the best man to have this conversation with, and that is the tug of war going on in the broken housing market between affordability and supply. Lance, thank you for being here each week. And thank you for having me on, Housing, 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 and let's jump right into it. Uh, so two things. On one end of the market, we have the essentially the lowest level of active listings ever. Now, we, last year, technically, very at the very peak, active listings were lower, but essentially we're at the tightest level of supply, historically speaking. Right. And on the other side of the market, affordability has deteriorated to a, a level that's actually a little worse than the peak of the housing bubble. Not quite at the 1981 level. It's getting uh, close, though. This is the but, second worst year. Yeah. Yes, and 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 we've actually deteriorated more this year because yeah. prices have inched up a little more, and mortgage rates have since went right back to the peak and that October November level. So yeah. we have this big tailwind in the market, which is very tight supply. That's a tailwind to price. And then we have this very big headwind, which is deteriorated affordability. And they've essentially gotten themselves into kind of like a bit of like an equilibrium, like tug of war. And in the spring, the the supply side of the market kind of pulled more. Yep. It took Agreed. a little more power. Prices kind of went up a little bit more than we expected, actually a little more than a normal year. Mm -hmm. And then since... We've had two very important things happen. One is we've moved out of the strongest seasonal period of the year. That we So we moved into the slower, a uh, little softer period of the year. And the second thing is affordability has deteriorated more. Because Not worse. Yeah. Since mid-May, since mid -May, once that whole debt ceiling drama fight started, economic data stayed strong, and we've now seen rates uh, you know, move back up. As of today, now, now at a 52 week high, right? Yeah. Well, the 10 years at 4.3. Mm -hmm. So that's what a 15 year high, something like that. It's up there. And mortgage rates are at a 20 year high because that spread is still there. Uh, so as of today, 7.37, which ties the cycle up peak. Wow. Last and fall. again, I, I think you do such a great job. That's a wonderful summary. I would even say it's worse. Than what you're talking about, because again, we're at cycle low for inventory level. How you started, I think, as we proved last week, or maybe it was the week before, the the gentleman Houston, his name escapes me. If you tier the market from the the entry level to luxury, it's not equal for everyone. So we have a what I'll just simply say: above the median is slow, below the median is on fire. And if you're a first time home buyer struggling with affordability in a market that is still, for most of the country, red hot, it's it's got to be, you got to be pulling your hair out. 
Well, yeah. Well, you're getting a, a three deck, the worst affordability in three decades Correct. and the worst supply ever. It's like, nuts. Yeah. Oh, and, and then by the way, if you're entry level and you're at the very bottom, both of those dynamics are even worse. Exactly um, my point. It's the worst uh, of the worst. It sucks. Yeah. And, and so for those people, because that tier, according to AEI Housing Center, has seen the biggest price growth. They think it's like up 6% year over year. I so saw that. affordability there has gotten cooked even more so than the other levels. Because at the top, you have seen prices come down and soften in some parts of the yeah. country. Um, and, you know, and that process is still probably ongoing. And that'll happen when you have a huge second home boom during the pandemic, like we saw, and, and you saw asset prices across the board just reach astronomical levels. Yeah. So let's play this tug of war out over the second half. And again, I'm willing to speculate. You never do, but you can share what you're hearing from other experts. So I'm not asking you to do anything uh, that you won't do, but other uh, you, you hear from other experts. And when I look at over the next six months, it does feel like days on market are going to go higher and I'm calling substantially higher, right? We're going to go from teenage to over 40, my opinion. Now, these are national numbers. Your, your markets, you know, look at your market if you, if you do want to. But the question I still ask myself is, you know, with days on market double, most people think inventory will double. That's not coming in my opinion. I think inventory is up single digits even if days on market go up all because of affordability. Uh, what are other experts talking affordability about? Affordability for uh, churn, like you, yeah. you th new listings could inch a little lower still. Yeah, there's just, I mean, what people don't realize, and I've been talking about for over a year, is the Fed broke housing, but they didn't only break housing for demand, they yeah. broke it for supply. And that yeah. supply doesn't get better at 8% mortgages. It gets worse because it's not going to sell. Yeah, I mean, th that's the thing. Yeah. So the market needs days on market to move up as much as possible to get some active listing breathing room so that we, because next year, it's the same thing that the, exactly. the, the, the tight resale supply, the tight existing home inventory is going to pull more of that tug of rope, that rope towards it as we yeah. go in next year. So we need as much inventory as possible to kind of loosen that up um, because, you know, it, it's gotta be painful for people who make their living on volume oh. to see price price growth on low volume. That's oh. terrible for them. And again, I, 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 I'm pleased. I think I shared with you two weeks ago, I called something on August 3rd. It'll be very interesting to see happens. I think volume breaks the cycle low when the August numbers are existing home sales, sub 4 million. And you're right. If you're paid on volume, your title, agent, appraisers, it just, the list goes on and on. It's going to get rough out there. Well, and and that's why some people like Allie Wolf have been like very hesitant through the first half of the year. It's not that they want to ignore what's happened in the data, which, you know, we saw a lot of improvement in the first half of yeah. the year. But these dynamics of very little uh, inventory for sale and then uh, deteriorated affordability, put it in a place to where, you know, you can move down further. Like, Oh yeah, for sure. Get, no doubt. Uh, in terms of volume that definitely can happen. And, yeah. and, you know, on the builder side, uh, they are buffered because they still have uh, above pre pandemic level margins. So yeah. If, and, and getting better. 
and getting yeah, better yeah they can reduce margins affordability improvements bigger more by down. yeah well, one of the things yeah one of the things that i hope comes out of this lance is I, you know these public builders i hope right now and, and hopefully over the last 60 days they've had their you know closed door meetings and they're like you know what we're going to build smaller homes we're going to yeah. build a lot of them but we're going to build smaller homes because they could enter the briefs. This is like the perfect setup for them. Stop building the McMansions. Mm. Go build some entry level homes. And with their ability to play with margin or play with interest rates, where can you get a sub 5% mortgage today? A builder. That's what I did. Yeah. 499. Thank you very much. Yeah, they just have like so much in their toolkit. And, uh, and, you know, and that's the power of margins. Uh, if you have the profit margins to play with and that that's why, you know, even in outside of housing, it, it's tough to take on a competitor who is very profitable because yeah. that's what they do when they get competition, Squeeze. they can, yes, they can embed. yeah, ex exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I am curious of all the experts you talk to other than builders, because I think builders could naturally add some supply. It won't be enough, but it'll be some. A lot of people are still saying housing crash. A lot of them are still saying foreclosures and REOs. Is that the only answer for supplies? We have to manufacture foreclosures or do we just grind sideways or where, where's supply come from? Well, you know, you're not seeing many forecasts on supply. It, it's actually the biggest shame in all of housing forecasting is you'll get all these forecasts, but nobody except one I've seen this year. And I made a big deal about it because when they did it, I thought it was awesome. But you just don't see many companies uh, predicting where existing inventory is going to go. And it's like, guys, this is the most critical the thing. thing. <laughs> can, we get, can we get some uh, active listing forecast? Yeah, uh, no kidding. And, and, because, you know, and you're not seeing much progress there this year. You've actually seen it kind of in a trajectory where you're, you know, it's like, where are we going? <laughs> yeah. So when you look at active listings, I'm curious what number, because I, I, I see two numbers reported. One is roughly 450 or 440,000. The other is one, one. One I think is total listings. One is single family. Which number do you look at? Or I, I look at else? the realtor.com one, which is around 600,000. It's condos okay. and families. Oh, condos and. Okay. So okay. it's around 600 and some 630,000 ish, I think. Okay. And at this time, 2019, it was like 1.2, 1.1. So it, it, the thing is for me with inventory is I care less about like the source and it's more like an apples to apples comparison. Yes, over time. exactly. That's so, what I want. Yeah. Just compare now to the same month in 2019 and just, and keep doing that next year too, is that month, then take the month in 2019 and see what the change is and do it for yeah. your market. Your market. Yes, please. Yeah. 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 Don't look at 2020, 21. Those are aberrations. Those won't be healthy. Look at 2019 month on month. So, uh, and it, it, but actives. It, yeah, actives, actives, absolutely actives. So it's, I don't know. I, I think you've announced, I think you call it a tug of war. I, I can't think of a better analogy. I think that is what we have, but unfortunately I think it's a tug of war that goes on for years. I know mm -hmm. everybody wants a sudden cataclysmic thing, I think it's unfortunately a grind sideways, you know, all the way out to 2025, 2026. I don't know how the tug of war, I don't know how it just changes. Yeah. I just don't. And, and, you know, I don't want to make predictions, but I will nope. say 
I think that as we go through this, and you know, I love to follow monthly, month over month data from uh, resale indices like Hey Schiller, yep. Freddie Mac. That's what I that's what I love to follow because I think they do a good job, and it's better than the median, in my opinion, which gets moves by, moved by shifts. Mm -hmm. But it's possible that in this tug of war environment, you're going to get you could get head faked in ways where. Oh, yeah. He could get month over month declines return later this year, possibly. And in some markets, it's happened already with Austin and Boise. Although of the of the of the hundred largest markets, only three were down month over month for June. Now June is usually a, a big month, but it's kind of the August September you want to look out for. But it's possible that you could get declines and then still next spring get be warmer than normal. Yeah. Um, so it'd be interesting. How much but of this is interest rates related? I think you do a great job. I think they're daily. It seems to be daily. You're putting out the, the latest mortgage business daily, plus the spread, which I think is super helpful. Um, I think the market turns off at 7%. And today I think we're at 7.3, 7.37, whatever it is. I think I think we've taught the market that seven is bad, six is good, right? The marginal buyer steps away at seven. They step back into the breach at six. You know, are you seeing data like that or, or or not really? You know, we have seen mortgage apps fall for four straight weeks. Now, mm -hmm. this one was very small, but it's the time of year now that we've seen that. And we just saw the builder confidence move down for a month. It's like, yeah. okay, now that we've kind of had rates high for a while, we've been high since midway and we moved into the seasonal period. And now we're like over seven and starting to push. And it's pretty much most people, even with good credit now, are getting the seven handles. Yeah. I do think that there's something about that seven number. Um, but, you know, the interesting thing is that the majority of the price declines that have hap that happened last year happened when mortgage rates were like under six, a lot of them out West and six, five. Oh, yeah. And so it's like the longer that you stay higher, the more psychologically people adjust because they, they move yeah they yeah move. it's that that shock last year that we had of going from three and then super speed up to seven that really threw the market um and so the longer that we stay at a seven handle the more interesting things could get when we go under six five because we've already been in a place where things get interesting under six yeah five nine nine i remember yep. and some people thought it would need to be under five for things to get interesting and no. then it was kind of like maybe five, five. And then now, and then you were the one who correctly was like under six. Just watching. anything under six, anything under six. Now, yeah. For you, do you think that starts to move north if we stay here too oh, long? I, I think six, it's exactly, no, I think it's six, nine, nine. I really do. I think the market has been taught six is good. Seven is bad. I think yeah. the average consumer is not in the weeds like you and I are. They're very simple. They are happy to say I got 699 and they're very mad to say I got 7.0. It is that fine of a line. And uh, that's what happened last time. So yeah. I, I don't see any reason why it would change. Seven bad, six good. It's, it's that yeah, it, it'll, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And it'll be interesting to see how long we, we stay at this point. The um, longer we're over seven, the more 699 feels good. Like if yeah. we're over seven all of August, people are going to be jumping for joy at 699 yeah it'll the marginal buyer will just go ball isn't it interesting how both the times that we've kind of moved up to this place have been at this period of the year yeah last year yeah 
in 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 the seasonally softer window. Yeah. Uh, and and you know the market then got really fortunate to get the lowest reading during the hottest period. Those five nine nine. Yeah, I remember that. It is crazy. Housing, housing, housing. I think Lance has coined the tug of war. I'm going to steal it. I've now given him a credit. So now I'm going to steal it. Blazer Ice going forward. Lance, where can people find your articles and follow yeah. you on Twitter like I do? People can find me at News Lambert on Twitter or Google Lance Lambert Fortune and find my articles in Google. Yes. And you have an amazing team. I'm reading more and more of their stuff. Yeah, uh, Elena and yeah, they're cranking them out. Yep. Yeah. And, and yeah. not just housing, also commercial real estate. For sure. All of real estate. That's I love it. Your team's rock stars. Thanks, Lance.